Is the big bad wolf of inflation on the doorstep? Coming up, we'll peer through the curtains. From Thrivent Asset Management, welcome to Episode 4 of Advisors Market 360, a podcast for you, the driven financial advisor. Since peaking at over 13% in early 1980, inflation has dramatically declined and remained subdued for over three decades. Interest rates, which closely follow the path of inflation, have also declined dramatically during the same time span. But investors have been looking over their shoulders, concerned that crippling inflation would eventually return, and, like the boy who cried wolf, highly credentialed economists and market prognosticators have bolstered these concerns by frequently forecasting higher inflation that, to date, has not come to pass. According to Thrivent's chief investment strategist, Mark Simonstead, currently there are many market indicators that are warning of imminent inflation. After being in the wilderness for so long, is this the time when the wolf of inflation is truly at the doorstep? First, it's important to recall why inflation was such a problem during the entire decade of the 1970s. The U.S. was generating large budget deficits due to the funding for the Vietnam War while also continuing to spend significant sums on domestic programs. The structure of the U.S. economy was also vastly different than it is today. Given that manufacturing was such a major portion of the economy during this period, the economy was significantly powered by oil. And when oil prices spiked due to the OPEC cartel, these higher prices reverberated through manufacturing supply chains, ultimately leading to higher consumer prices. Finally, Ill-conceived monetary policy contributed to the inflation problem with too many U.S. dollars being created by the Federal Reserve, or the Fed. Once inflation took hold, workers and consumers built ever higher inflation expectations into their thinking, leading to a wage price spiral. Beginning in 1980, many of the elements that drove inflation started to move in reverse. First, the Fed dramatically altered monetary policy tightening to such an extent that short-term interest rates spiked, leading to a serious recession. This recession led to a swift and sharp decline in inflation, and eventually to long-term interest rates. Fundamental changes to the U.S. economy also began about this time. The service sector of the economy, which requires little energy to produce output, began to grow dramatically faster than the manufacturing sector. As a result, less oil was needed to deliver economic growth. Oil prices and OPEC began their long decline as major contributors to inflation. The technology sector, particularly computing power, emerged as a contributor to lower inflation as machines were able to replace labor, thus leading to growing productivity benefits. Finally, globalization, whereby corporations could tap vastly less expensive labor pools around the world, contributed to breaking the wage-cost spiral of the previous decade. So where are we today? Although reported inflation statistics remain very subdued at approximately 1.5%, many market indicators are flashing signs of the potential for some degree of inflation to emerge. Since the beginning of the year, long maturity bond yields are up over 60 basis points, while short maturity bonds have barely budged due to the continued loose credit policy being pursued by the Fed. Meanwhile, TIPS, Treasury Inflation Protected Securities, have moved from pricing in negligible inflation to now pricing in approximately 2% inflation, which is higher than the currently reported inflation. Commodity prices, especially lumber and other building products, have vaulted in price, and agricultural commodities have moved up significantly as well. Bitcoin, the new digital gold, has risen exponentially. Although considered a possible inflation barometer, 
Bitcoin also has a large degree of speculation associated with its price movements. Finally, the substantial and surprising rise in stock prices and real estate valuation could also be considered a sign of incipient inflation. In the near term, inflation seems to be poised to move higher for many reasons. First, the Fed has injected a tremendous amount of liquidity into the system, initially to support the economy after the financial crisis, and now in response to the pandemic. Money in the system, relative to the size of the economy, is now at levels not seen since after World War II. There's no meaningful precedent for the combined effect of this level of monetary and fiscal stimulus. Second, the pandemic has seriously impacted the supply of goods due to disruptions in global supply chains. There are shortages in many goods, but especially in computer chips, building supplies, and consumer products. And although the supply of goods has been diminished during the pandemic, final demand is expected to be significant as pent-up consumer savings, which were built up during the pandemic, are released into the economy. Finally, the surge in wealth created by the amazing increase in stock prices will add further firepower to demand for goods and services. It seems a safe bet that inflation will finally reach the Fed's long-desired goal of 2%. The question is, will inflation stop there at that relatively benign level, or surge even higher? When it comes to inflation, another big concern is that labor and consumers may begin to build the expectations of inflation into their behaviors, causing a wage-price spiral. Currently, there are still about 10 million people out of work, and the economy is growing at a pace that is meaningfully below its potential. It will take at least a few years for employment and possibly wage demands to return to pre-pandemic levels. Consequently, in the near term, surge in inflation does not seem to be a risk. Longer term, the outlook is less certain. If the pandemic has permanently altered global supply chain and labor dynamics, it could put pressure on inflation. Also, the extreme monetary policy pursued by the Fed has injected a huge amount of money into the system. Additionally, fiscal policy has introduced immense liquidity into the system through trillion-dollar support programs. Currently, this liquidity is relatively latent, sitting in central bank reserves. However, as the economy recovers, these reserves may be released into the system through spending and loans. If there is too much money chasing too few goods and services in an economy that is heating up, prices and wages will rise. Currently, the market seems confident in the Fed's ability to thwart this possibility through tightening monetary policy. Remember, our economy has rarely had this amount of money in the system. The Fed remains in uncharted territory regarding how to set a policy course. After the unprecedented policies that have been pursued for over a decade, it will be interesting to see how the Fed responds to impending inflation pressures. What does the specter of inflation hold for interest rates in the markets? Well, the bond market has already begun to react to the risk of inflation. Longer-term interest rates are moving higher, while short-term interest rates are locked due to Fed policy. It's expected that this trend will persist and that longer-term Treasury bond yields could move as high as 2%, particularly if the economy shows continued signs of a strong recovery from the pandemic. Stock prices, especially those of high-growth companies, are responding negatively to the prospect of higher inflation. Investors are reacting by rotating into value and smaller capitalization stocks, which are less impacted by rising interest rates. Certain secular and demographic forces remain in place that significantly reduce the probability of a substantial upward spiral in inflation and interest rates. Markets are currently digesting the potential for modestly higher inflation. And that recognition can be messy, particularly when markets are trading at relatively high levels of valuation. 
If modest, inflation moving higher can be viewed as a positive in that it's evidence that vaccines are working and that the world will be coming out of this dark pandemic period. Economic activity should resume, leading to more sustainable job growth, corporate earnings growth, and longer-term continued wealth creation for patient investors. However, the Fed's new inflation policy significantly increases the risk for rising inflation. The Fed has pledged it will allow inflation to overshoot its 2% target. This is being done to make up for times when inflation is under this target so that it averages 2% over time. To retain credibility, the Fed needs to show it will allow inflation to run a bit hot. There is, however, a material risk that the market will eventually come to believe that the Fed will lose control of inflation and interest rates, the consequence of which may be that the Fed pulls forward rate increases, which would be bearish for the markets overall. So, is the big bad wolf of inflation at the doorstep? No, but he may be lurking in the edge of the forest. Thanks for listening to this episode of Advisors Market 360. All episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Learn more about us at thriventfunds.com and find other items of interest to you, the driven financial advisor. Bye for now. The views expressed are as of March 5th, 2021, and may change as market or other conditions change and may differ from views expressed by other Thrivent Asset Management LLC associates. Actual investment decisions made by Thrivent Asset Management LLC will not necessarily reflect the views expressed. This information should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or product. Investment decisions should always be made based on an investor's specific financial needs, objectives, goals, time horizon, and risk tolerance. Thrivent Asset Management, a division of Thrivent, offers financial professionals a variety of investment products to help meet their clients' needs. Thrivent Distributors LLC is a member of FINRA and SIPC and is a subsidiary of Thrivent, the marketing name for Thrivent Financial for Lutherans.